0: This is To Help You Heal, and I'm your host, Marie Monville. We are going to spend 10 minutes talking about healing. What kind of healing do you need? Is it in your mindset? Is it emotional healing? Is it spiritual healing? You know, there's a lot of healing that we all need, and this is where you're going to find it every week, 10 minutes on Tuesday. I'm so glad you're spending this time with me. Welcome back for our final episode on The Christmas Story As we've journeyed together these weeks, we find ourselves now at the point where Christmas has come. We are the day after Christmas, and I hope you had a wonderful celebration and time with family and friends. Today we're talking about what happened after Jesus' birth. The visitors that came to see Mary and Joseph, who came by direction of God alone to celebrate this amazing event that had just occurred. And the first ones that we read their story of is the the shepherds. And can you imagine with me shepherds out on the hills? It's dark, it's nighttime. And this host of angels appear before them. Now, when you think about shepherds, especially in that time period, it was kind of the lowest of the low. People who would have most likely been dirty, who traveled continually. They were used to being outdoors, and I imagine they probably felt more comfortable with the sheep than they did in towns with crowds of people. Not a group of people that anyone would have considered high on the list of who was important. And yet, God makes Jesus' birth known to them first. And so they are greeted by this host of angels, telling them to go and And see this child that was born. And the angel said to them, and this is from Luke chapter 2, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angel had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, just as he had told them." And I love that, you know, we get this aspect of Mary's response of the way the shepherds words and their visit encouraged her, because I can't imagine what it would have felt like to give birth to a child in a stable without the comfort of your family and friends, without the women who were close to you, all alone and no one to celebrate with. But God sent this band of shepherds, men who would have seemed least likely to be the first ones called to celebrate the birth of Christ. They're the ones that God picks first. And their visit has such an impact on Mary that she treasures and ponders these things in her heart. It filled her cup, it was exactly what she needed in that moment. These strangers who hadn't even yet met her came and brought the pronouncement of the vision that they had seen, the angels that had visited them. And to me, it's quite a contrast to last week's conversation on the strangers who did not become a part of the story. All of the people who experienced, you know, some type of conversation or just saw Mary and Joseph or knew that she was going to have the baby and didn't step in. And then we have these men who no one would have picked. I mean, if you were thinking, who would have been the first visitors to see Jesus? You would have thought women from the area who knew that a baby had just been born. They would have brought casseroles and clothes and things like that. I mean, I think about it in today's terms a little bit. But these guys would not be the ones that I would assume would come first. And they were driven by the words that God had spoken in the way that it had pierced their hearts. They wanted to be obedient and they wanted to, to find this child. And I can only imagine that they felt compelled to go convicted even. And I love the way that they show up and that these people who would have seemed the least likely are the ones who, who then make such an impact on Mary that she treasures it and ponders it in her heart. And I think what that says to me is that it doesn't matter what I think about a situation. If God calls me to go to someone, to encourage someone, to be a part of their story, I don't need to think if it works or if it makes sense or if I'm the right person for the job. I just need to say yes and to embrace the conviction, allow myself to be compelled to follow him. Because we see that time and time again. I think, you know, one of the themes that we could say throughout the Bible is God picks the least likely, and he does it here in this story, and they have a profound impact. We don't have to feel like we're the right ones to be in the right place. We just have to let God lead. And so when I think about the shepherds, that's what I see from their story. And I can't imagine how impacted they were personally to know that God chose them. He chose the ones that nobody else would choose. And doesn't he do that for you and I too? He chooses us when others wouldn't, when they would pass us by or look us over or deem us least likely to. God says, yes, you, you're exactly what I need. And I've been waiting for this moment to send you. And then, you know, the other group that we read about is the Magi. And so we have... Uh, The lowest of the low and almost the highest of the high. And and those two extremes, God sends the Magi to bless Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And they go because they're led by the star. You know, and I, I love nativity scenes and I always love seeing the Magi in their splendor. And they chose, again, just like the shepherds, to say yes. They chose a place of humility. And they chose to give out of extravagance. And I wonder how it impacted them too, knowing that God had chosen them. What did they receive out of this? Because, you know, the thing about God is that when we go and we follow him and we give, he always gives back to us. There's always something that happens. And I can say that because I've seen that in my life, you know, places where I've felt God compelling me to give something, not always financially, you know, sometimes time or or other resources. But whenever I say yes, God does something in me, that I wasn't anticipating. And I usually walk away feeling like I had the better end of the deal. I got more of a gift than they did. And I would have to believe that the Magi felt that too. What was the gift that they got? I mean, I can't imagine how it would have felt to spend that time with Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And to give them those gifts knowing that they needed them. To see the way that they received the Magi, the way that they received their gifts. But they were filled with joy just because God called them. We read in Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, before they ever saw Jesus, they were filled with joy. God showed them the star. He impressed upon them what they needed to do. And that alone caused them joy. They felt joy at the calling God bestowed on their lives. That's what I want to feel. I want to feel like that. I want to feel this place of joy at the calling that God has placed on my life. That it's not even about the thing. You know, their joy had nothing to do with the outcome. They had joy before they ever did a thing. I want that. I want to keep myself in a place where I can feel that. Where I can feel joy. When God calls me. Having no regard for the outcome. But how many times do we get that backwards? We wait for some kind of joy or, or good feelings to come when we've achieved whatever success we thought was associated with the calling. But I think the better story, the one God intends, is, is like the Magi, to be filled with joy at the calling of the Lord. And I think that's the theme that we see in both the shepherds and the Magi. They were compelled, they were convicted, they were led by joy, and I want that especially coming into the new year. I know that, you know, our world tends to get wrapped up in resolutions and goals and all these things that we want to change at the beginning of the year. I think I just want to be more like the shepherds and the magi to be in this place of saying, God, whatever you call me to do, I'm going to embark on it with great joy. I'm going to let you lead me I'm going to let you worry about the rest of it. I don't need to know all the details up front. I just need to know that it's my choice and I need to own that choice to say I will be led by joy. I hope that you have enjoyed these weeks of studying the Christmas story. Can you believe we're kicking off a new year next year? I can't wait to share that with you. And sure, we're going to talk about some of those things, goals and habits and all of that, but we're going to do it from a little different vantage point. We're going to talk about why it doesn't usually work and what to do instead. But in this space between now and then, embrace the rest of your year with joy. Let God's joy lead you. Let it lead you through these last few days of 2023 and into 2024. And then come back and spend next week with me when we talk about why we're often apt to self-sabotage, why we set ourselves up for failure, not success, and how to do it differently. Because it doesn't mean that you're not good at goal setting. It just means you need to see it from a little different perspective. Have a wonderful rest of the year. Have a happy new year and come chat with me on January 2nd.